Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. All right, all right. Good morning. How is everyone? Hey, that is from our Collide student conference that happened in the summer. And I just want to tell you, our church loves this next generation. We're behind it. And so if you're parents of students or anything like that, there are so many opportunities for your kids. But what we've got is we've got one of our students, Connor, who's going to read the word for us. So if we can, let's stand to our feet for the reading of God's word. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you're with us. God, we thank you for all the good things that you're doing. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Y'all can have a seat. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing? You doing well? Okay, well, we've got our little life, I guess fours and fives, all the way up through high school with us this weekend. I've got a short message. Don't worry, it's not going to be super long, but a few things before we get into it. Uh, This Tuesday night, does anybody know what's going on? Men's event. All right, so fellas, Tuesday night, block off your calendar. We're going to be up at our Conway campus. Food starts, jambalaya starts. Praise God. Jambalaya starts at 5.30. The event will be at 6.30. We're going to hear from our founding pastor, and we're going to meet with men from all across the state. So I want to encourage you, so there will be no men's prayer. I know I told the men Wednesday we were still going to do it. No men's prayer Wednesday morning. We're just doing the men's event. When is it? Tuesday. And what are we eating? Jambalaya. Jambalaya. Amen. All right. Well, we all love transformation stories, don't we? Right? We all love it. In our, in our movies, uh, we love Cinderella stories. Like, you know, some of y'all know the Georgia Bulldog fans in the house know Stetson Bennett going from 17th string on the depth chart to leading the dogs to two national championships in a row. Oh, praise God. You know, rags the riches story like Aladdin. Um, but one of the biggest transformation stories in history is the transformation. I think we have a photo uh, of this man. Who knows, who knows what movie this is? Elf. That's Walter Hobbs, all right? So we're headed towards the Christmas season, all right? We're going to skip right past Halloween, Thanksgiving, and meet God's holiday, right? Christmas. Walmart already has decorations out. It's incredible. I love it. But Walter Hobbs, what did he do? He stood against Buddy the Elf, right? He thought he was a lunatic, made him change his clothes and wear adult clothes. He yelled at him, right? He yelled at Buddy when Buddy destroyed his house which I can relate to. Uh, In the end, what happens though? He's filled with the spirit, right? The spirit of Christmas. And what does he do? He sings loud for all to hear. He goes from a skeptic, right? To a believer. He goes from opposition to devotion. Does anybody remember how it happens? You remember what happens? Who's the encounter? He encounters the risen Santa Claus, right? And he comes to faith (laughs) too far. Uh, But he has extreme change. He has an extreme conversion. He encounters Santa, and it changes his life forever. Yo, listen, we're we're in the midst of a time in history where we need change, right? We're we're looking at, at a generation of kids, of students, 
and we're hoping for some sort of a comeback and some sort of change. And, and what I believe is that what our world needs is to be graciously introduced to Jesus. But if we're honest, adults in the room, what I've found, and I've been guilty of this, instead of leading and living with this lean towards, like, I want to introduce the next generation to Jesus and be full of faith for them, a lot of times what I do is I talk about all the issues that I see in them, all the ways that they think in a way that I cannot understand. And what I end up doing is I end up speaking death over a generation that's just beginning. And it makes me think of Georgia. Can you hand me that book? Can I hold that? Thanks, baby. This is my, this is my daughter, Georgia. You can give her a round of applause. Uh, so we're, we were reading this book like two nights ago, and it's about Joseph and, and the coat, right? And you asked me, she was like, will you read from this? So this is just for Georgia. She was like, will you use this on Sunday? And so, but here's what hit me. She asked me that, and I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, how can I possibly use this on Sunday? But it hit me. What happens in this story is Joseph's brothers get jealous of Joseph. They see things in Joseph, and they speak negative things about Joseph. They put Joseph in a pit, and they sell him off, all right, to other people. What I believe is what happens, and y'all, I've watched this happen. Every generation change, what we're tempted to do is we're tempted to speak death about the generation that's coming after us and to send them up the river, right? I remember coming into the workforce, people, all the boomers were like, millennials, come on, you've done it. What did what, 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 you say about us? Lazy, not loyal, all these things, instead of looking for the gold in the generation that's to come. Listen, here's what happens in every generation. Every generation thinks that they're smarter than the one that came before. Can I get an amen from somebody? And what happens is, is the next generation starts pushing the generation that comes after them. But what's natural in us is to get threatened, to get annoyed, to get irritated at their boldness and all the ways that we know they're wrong, that eventually they will learn, which a lot of ways they will, right? Instead of championing them and getting behind them. Here's a question. If the faith future of the next generation in our world depended on your prayers and investment in the next generation, what would our future look like? I just want, I want you to take an honest moment of reflection. I want to challenge you a little bit. If, if our faith future for our world, handing the baton to these amazing kids and these amazing students, if it depended on your faith and your investment, what would the future hold? I want to give you a couple of stats. 39% of Gen Z has no religious affiliation. There are some sociologists who would say that in the next 20 years, we're going to see the stat of genuine faith in the next generation coming in the United States of America drop below 10%. 3% read their Bible every day. 46% of Gen Z don't read a Bible at all. Two-thirds are battling with depression and one third battle with thoughts of self-harm. You know, we have a generation coming behind us that is just like every generation that has ever been. They need an encounter with Jesus. Now, let this blow your mind here. 77% of teens, this, is, this just came out this year, 77% of teens are somewhat interested in learning about Jesus throughout their entire life. 77% is interested Okay, but notice this, this came out in 2019. 47% of millennial Christians said they thought it was immoral to evangelize and to share their faith. 
Do you see this collision here? We have a generation that's one step ahead that thinks it's immoral to share your faith. You have a generation that's coming behind them that's eager to learn about Jesus. And so here's my question, simple question. Are you investing in the generation that's to come and helping us introduce them to Jesus? Now, we brought the kids in because one, I just wanted to have my kids in here. And it's like, I love having them in church, love getting to see. But also, adults, I just want you to, I want you to see them. And I want you to understand, like, on weekends where we do an invitation of like, hey, join and help with Little Life. We don't want you to go back and change diapers. We want you to go back and do ministry and help us form the imaginations. Listen, the ministry will not all happen on Sunday morning, amen? It's not gonna all get done. But this is a time where we can partner together, we can get vision, and we can work together to introduce Gen Alpha and Gen Z to the gracious love of Jesus. Amen? Uh, Students, listen, kids. Students, some of you guys have been told so many things that are wrong with you, right? Raise your hand if you've heard a few of those things. You've been told all the ways that you're doing it wrong, all the ways that you're in trouble. But here's what I want you to hear from me. God has put a good deposit in you. God has put gifts in you. God has vision. He has hope and a future for you. And and here's what I believe about these next two generations. I believe that you're going to be known as the generation of authentic faith. I think what we're going to see is a generation that doesn't need maybe what we needed, which was a lot of polish and a lot of pomp and circumstance. I believe that this is a generation that's going to come up that just wants to know Jesus, that just wants to love other people. I believe that God has a vision for you to thrive and to flourish. You won't be known when it's all said and done as the anxious generation or the depressed generation or the digital generation or the suicidal generation. You'll be known as a faith-filled generation, a joyful generation, a generation that embraces the greatest opportunity for evangelism the world has ever seen through digital media, but it invites the world out of that into something deeper, which is real relationship with Jesus in the church. Listen, every, listen to me. Look at me real quick. All the students. Every, almost every great revival in history started in teenagers. Because you, you have what we at one point had as the adults in the room, which is the recognition that you don't have that much to lose anyway. So why not throw everything at your relationship with God? Why not chase after him? But the older you get, the more and more you feel like you have to lose and the less and less boldness you have. And so I just wanna encourage you, hold on to your faith, hold on to your audacity, keep pushing us, keep challenging us. When you see us doing things in church that aren't congruent, keep telling us, keep speaking up about it. Because listen, our goal, we wanna hand the church to you. You are the future and we believe in you, we're behind you. And so here's the question we have to ask from our text. We're gonna march through it, we're gonna have a testimony and then we're gonna close with prayer. How do we flourish? right? I think this is a question that everybody in the room asks, right? What does flourishing look like? What does a full life look like? I know for me, I spent most of my life chasing pleasure. Can anyone relate? And I found a lot of it, but what I found is that it didn't last. Listen, students, kids, God wants to grow you. Have y'all seen huge trees? 
How's it start? How's it start? A little bitty seed. That's right. God wants to build you from something small into something great. Amen? I'm going to hit these few things. We're going to hear a testimony. What's our world's view of flourishing? Kids, when are you the happiest? Is it when you're eating candy like you are right now? Yeah. That makes you happy. But what happens if you eat too much candy? You get cavities. That's right. Your teeth run out of your head. You get sick. But here's something crazy. Can I, can I, kids, can I tell you something? Adults really think that if we eat all the candy, our version of candy, that'll actually fulfill us. But here's what we find if we get enough of it. It doesn't. Can I get an amen from the parents in the room? But think about what we do. We build up palaces with walls to try to keep pain out. But I don't care how much money or pleasure you have or how big your house is or how nice the walls are and nice the, your car is, your garage, all that stuff. Pain finds its way through the gate. Amen? So what is godly flourishing? Godly flourishing is people who can go through difficult seasons, can weather the storms and deserts of life and still have fulfillment in God and still have peace and still be rooted. Amen? So how do we get rooted? We have to be planted. Amen? Uh, Meredith Deersaw, she's in here. I think she's got a microphone. Come forward. Come on, y'all. Put your hands together for Meredith. As she comes up, I, I want to read Psalm 92. It says this. It says, planted in the house of the Lord. Everybody say planted. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Um, Meredith has a story of being planted in the house, planted in the church, and I want her to share it with you real quick. So I'm Meredith, and I currently serve in kid life and little life, and I've been attending New Life since I was like four, so that's like 13 years now. Um, since attending New Life, I've grown closer to God, and I have enjoyed my walk of faith. New Life has always given me portions of scripture that are applicable to my life as a teen right now and not like so, super duper far into my future. And I've, been, I've become more comfortable in my identity as a Christ follower. So one scripture that has been really important in my walk of faith is 1 Timothy 4.12, which, which says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but instead set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. This verse has given me the confidence to find my place in the church and serve with all my heart even though I'm young. Understanding that even though I'm young, I can still be an example of Christ through my actions and I can help guide people to Christ is really important. So I have many, I've had many leaders and pastors while growing up in New Life. I've gone through Little Life, Kid Life, 412, Real Life, and now what we call youth. Two leaders that have made a big impact in my life besides their parents and my own parents were Madison and Ashton Price. They led Kid Life Worship while I was still a child in Kid Life. They were both in high school and took a chance on discipling me by teaching me motions to the VBS worship songs, and they invited me to join the VBS worship team at GLR for several years. They poured into me even though they were only a couple years older than me, and they motivated me to be that kind of leader to younger kids. The invitation to come and be a part of their team was super exciting. I looked up to them because they were funny, nice, and really good at the worship songs. 
They helped us make tutus for each of our costumes for BBS, and we went all out. We had costumes every year, and I still have every one of those to this day. Because they asked me to be part of their team, I felt encouraged and loved, and I want younger kids to feel that too. I serve in many different ways, in kid life and in little life, but when I'm leading worship and I get to see the younger kids worshiping God, it gives me a sense of purpose and joy. I was able to find my own purpose in the church and have enjoyed using my talents to serve the church. My life changed because someone took a chance on discipling me and helped me start my walk with Christ. Who have you discipled or who can you start discipling? Amen. I don't know if there's much else I have to say. <laughs> hey, we talked about the good deposit that's in them. Here's my question. Parents, adults, the good deposit that God's put in you, are you sharing it with others? Are you helping other people? Listen, here's what I'm learning. The older I get, the more I start thinking about the L word, which is legacy, right? I start thinking about what am I planting now? What's it going to grow into? And here's what I know. I'm 35. I'm planting seeds now, and I won't get to sit under all the shade of it, right? But the goal is that we plant good seeds, we put them in good soil, that they grow up into strong trees, because the reality is we are a part of centuries and centuries and centuries of what God is doing. How will we pass the baton, right? So how do we flourish? We have to be planted. And here's the invitation I just want to give to the adults, the parents. Help us invest in this next generation. Parents know, if you're going through alone, like you're raising kids on your own, it is so difficult, amen? Parenting is not, no, nobody really helped me fully understand this. It is difficult. <laughs> like some young kids, people with older, you know, older kids now, you know your kids are out of the house, you remember. It's, it's difficult, it's trying, and what we get to do as a community is come together to help invest in, into each other's lives, invest into each other's kids, and help them plant in the house, amen? And so here's my promise, students. We're always gonna give you a seat at the table. We always wanna hear your voice. We always wanna create space for you. And if you ever feel like we aren't, tell us and I promise you we will listen, amen? So number one, how do we flourish? Through a relationship with Jesus that helps us withstand the storms of life. Number two, what does it mean to be planted? We plant in the house of God with the people of God to learn the purposes of God. And number three, what does it mean to bear fruit? Psalm 92, 14, we close here. So they will still bear fruit in old age. Listen to this promise. They will stay fresh and green. And what will they proclaim? The Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Y'all, y'all remember the Lion King? You remember that? You remember the scene where like Simba goes into the jungle and he forgets who he is and he meets the crazy monkey? Does anybody remember what his name is? Is Lion King still pocket? Po Rafiki, that's right. And he goes, I know who you are. You're Mufasa's boy, right? And he takes off running. He chases him and chases him and chases him. And what does he do? Rafiki leads him back to his father who tells him who he is. And what does Mufasa say? He says, remember who you are. And then he goes, what does he do? He goes out spitting fire, right? 
and he runs out into the battle. He remembers the power of who God's made him to be and he bears great fruit. Y'all, what we do in church is it's the time where we come together and we remember who we are, right? We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. He's created us with gifts and callings and purposes. And I just wanna tell you, students and kids, we wanna help you walk in those things, all right? And one of the things that I've found that's helpful in my life is we have these declarations. Every Wednesday morning, some of your friends, some of your leaders, some of your dads, we get together and we do declarations together. And we come up here on the stage after men's prayer and we declare about 30 different things that, that God has said and spoken over us. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna lead you through a declaration. So if we can, let's all stand to our feet. We're gonna do a declaration together. We're gonna do this call and response. So I'm gonna say it. You're gonna repeat back to me, okay? Let's practice it. Can we practice? You with me? Kids, you with me? Students, you with me? Okay. I believe. Ooh, that's good. Y'all are so good at following directions. Okay, you ready? Let's do it with boldness and fire. I believe that God has a great plan for my life, a hope and a future. I believe that my friends will meet God because of me. I believe that everyone in my family will meet Jesus. I believe that my future is greater than my past. I believe that God's goodness and faithfulness will chase me all the days of my life. I believe that God has a home for every young person without a home in our area. I believe that my generation will see a great awakening. I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that God's healing power will touch and restore broken lives in our midst. And lastly, I believe that God's grace is sufficient for all my weaknesses and challenges. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, let's just have a moment. And if, you, if you're comfortable, just stretch your hands towards the students and the kids who are in here. God, we thank you for this generation. God, we thank you for these kids. God, we thank you for the deposit that you've put in them. God, we pray that it would flourish and it would grow into a mighty cedar. God, it would grow into a palm tree that couldn't withstand all the winds of life. And God, I pray for them right now. If any of the students, any of the leaders, any of the kids are dealing with sadness or depression or just self-doubt, God, we thank you that your grace is sufficient, your power is made perfect. God, that you have a plan in each and every season. And God, I pray that each one of these would come to know Jesus and walk with him every day of their life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Adults, you can stay standing. Students and kids, you guys can follow Mr. Jonathan, and we're going to have some adult time.
Bye. 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 Come on, guys. Put your hands together for the next generation of our church. Okay. So let's just kind of have a moment here. If you could bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's just have a little bit of time of response. God, we ask that you would give us a heart for the next generation. God, I pray that for each of us, God, you would show us what it can look like to begin to sow into them. God, we ask that you give us faith. God, right now, we just confess that there's been areas where we haven't understood what they're going through. We haven't understood how they think. <laughs> but God, I pray that you give us so much faith and a willingness to sow into them. God, if, if we don't sow into them, who will? So God, I pray that for each of us, you show us what a step is, how we can invest into someone who's coming behind us. Amen. We're going to go into a time of response. I think we've got some of our worship team that's going to come forward, but here's what I want to encourage you to do. There's a card in the seat back in front of you, and there's some cards down at the cross. I just want you to take some time like we do every weekend and kind of assess that question I asked partway through the message. Like, if the faith future of Christians and of our kids depended on the way that you pray, in the way that you serve, what would our future look like? Okay, so that, that's heavy, and I want it to be. I want you to feel that. But at the same time, I want you to lift your head, and I want you to recognize, y'all, there is a great opportunity in front of us to sow into, to speak life into, and it really doesn't take that long. Um, whether that's through our Sixth and Gold program, whether that's through serving here on the weekends, serving in youth, maybe even just sowing into and being available to your own families, your nieces, your nephews. I just really want you to take some time with God and say, God, how can I share the faith that you've given me? How can I pour in? Because listen, guys, every person in here, you have wisdom, you have things that God has spoken into you. And I just remember, don't you, do you remember having mentors? Just having people who walked with you and spoken, spoke into you? Can I blow your mind? That's you now. <laughs> and so, God, we just ask right now, all across the room, God, that you give us boldness and faith and, and willingness to step forward. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review, things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.